Welcome everybody to the leadership table where today is an opportunity where we're going to be looking at how Christ turned followers into leaders. When you look at the most influential man that has ever walked this world, the greatest leadership book that we possibly have is the Bible. And we're going to be seeing how Jesus was able to turn followers into leaders. The strength of any organization is going to be the, the level of leaders that they have in these organizations. So this skill of helping followers to become leaders is a skill that we need to master, that we as leaders need to really understand. Recognizing that leadership is the skill of influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And anyone is able to develop this skill um, if they choose to cultivate this, this talent for Christ. So um, I have actually 27 uh, ways that Jesus turned followers into leaders, but we're only going to be looking at um, a few of them today. Uh, and this is very helpful because uh, a lot of times we don't look at ourselves as leaders, we look at ourselves as followers. Or we, sit, we say things like, I'd much rather follow than to lead, and, and these are, these are uh, that's good. But to, to be a follower of Christ, there's something beautiful about it. If we truly are following Christ, we're following His example, Christ was a leader. Christ had influence. Christ built relationships. And, and I would submit that it's impossible to be a follower of Christ without developing and cultivating leadership skills and, and abilities. Because this is what it means to be, uh, be Christ-like. Because Christ was a leader. So number one, the first thing that Christ did is Christ, he trusted his, his followers. And when Christ trusted his followers, this instilled in them, um, a, Christ trusted us with, um, as stewards of our talents. Christ entrusted us with uh, representing, when you think about our purpose in life, Isaiah 43, 7 says, Even everyone that is called by my name, I have created him. Yea, I have formed him. Why? For my glory. And what is that glory? It's his character. So Christ has trusted you and I to be representatives of his character, of his reputation, of his name. And that is a high and holy calling. Christ trusted his followers to be mouthpieces for God, to be representatives in earth um, to those who don't know Jesus. And when we realize uh, that a lot of times uh, we, when we look at that, Christ was, uh, he trusted us even before we really were trustworthy. Did he not? Mm -hmm. Amen. I mean, when you look at the example of John chapter 12, verse 6, if you turn in your Bibles with me, we're, we're going to the greatest leadership book ever written in John chapter 12 and verse 6. The Bible says, he, speaking of Judas, uh, this is when he, there was some uh, precious perfumes that were poured out, and he's saying, hey, we should have, uh, we shouldn't have, have poured that out. It was like, he looked at it like a waste that should have gone into the treasury. But verse 6 reveals that Judas said, 
this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a what? Thief. A thief. Is it John? And had the bag and bare what was put therein. So Judas, Judas was a thief. He was covetous. He actually, he was like the treasurer of the ministry of Jesus. Did Christ know what was in the hearts of Judas? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He knew that he had that issue, the struggling with, with uh, stealing, but Christ gave him that position, that opportunity to serve, knowing that in ministering to others, Judas might have developed an unselfish spirit. By that opportunity of trusting him, God was seeking to call him higher so that he can live up to a calling that God has called us with. Um, and that's really a powerful concept when you really consider that. So as you are, you're working with other people, um, just recognize that this is, as, as you begin to trust people, um, then people will often live up to uh, the expectations or, or the trust that you give them. Um, and many of us, Christ trusts us with the commission, the great commission to go ye therefore and teach all nations. Like, we are sinful human beings. There is so many things that we do not, so many reasons why we would not be trustworthy, but Christ still entrusts us the greatest truths ever given to mortal man so that we can go and share this with other people. And this is, as, as you are trusting, um, like, leadership could be a mother trusting her children with duties throughout the house. It could be a... Um, an organization leader who's trusting their team to be able to carry forth the mission of the organization. It could be a pastor who is pastoring the church or maybe a team leader who is trusting their, their team members with responsibility or with um, opportunity. The, the trust that we give others, uh, this, is, this is one of the ways that Jesus turned followers into leaders. Now, this... Um, when we're looking at turning followers into leaders, many of us here are are seeking to become leaders. And we're trying to understand, well, like, what does that mean to be a leader? Um, and then the thought, like I know that I'm, I'm challenging some minds here, and not just does God want us to become leaders and to have that mentality, but God wants us to help others to do what we do to do what Christ has done. He turned followers into leaders more than almost anyone else that, I've, um, that, that we know of. So um, my question is, there, there's two ways you can look at this. Do you want to, uh, do you want to wait until you arrive at like some leadership destination or do you want to, I mean, before you start turning followers into leaders? Or do you want to, um, to share as you are, you are arriving? Which one do you think it, it would be? Do you want, like, in, in turning followers into leaders, if you're like just, if you're like early on in your leadership development journey, and you're helping others to become leaders. Which one do you do? You like wait. It's like okay. When I become a leader, when I when I become a leader, then I will help others to. Uh, I'll help followers to become leaders. It's kind of like um, you know. Oh, I'm not a teacher, 
Like, yeah. looking at, like, school. Oh, yeah. I'm not a teacher, so I have to wait and go through college and go through, like, you know, all the school until you teach someone, like, um, a fourth grade or fourth grade math. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why would you do that? If you're in fifth grade, you can teach a fourth grader math. Yeah, when, when I was in, in high school, um, I, I found that I wanted to teach people, I, I wanted to tutor people on math because I realized that even though I was in seventh grade, even though I was in ninth grade, uh, I could still teach my peers and the people around me the things that we were learning together. And if you're a fourth grader and you know how to do fourth grade math, you can teach a third grader how to do third grade math. So the truth is, you will not get to the next level of your leadership as fast until you start to teach others what you're learning, what you're experiencing, the epiphanies that you're having, the transformations that God is bringing about in your life, in the relationships with others. As um, And that, that right there, by teaching and imparting to others, that's how you're going to receive so much more. So I want to challenge us. Uh, the reason why we're looking at turning followers into leaders is because you, it's not a destination you're waiting to arrive to. In all reality, you will never arrive as a leader until you start documenting your journey and sharing with others as you are arriving. You, tell, you, you bring others along the journey and, and the direction you're going. Tell them where you're going, why you want to be a leader, what Christ is doing for you, and, and share with them the tools you're finding, the resources. Invite them here at the leadership table. That right there is influence. And, and plug them into a drip system whereby they can be watered and nurtured in their leadership journey. And that's why that's one of the reasons why we have this, this leadership table, so that we can help and equip those who we are leading to be able to um, have that training and that, that equipment and, and encouragement. So this is one thing I want to encourage, which is why um, this topic is relevant to every everyone, no matter where you are on your journey. Um, and as you're learning, as you're going through these 27 uh, ways that Jesus turned followers into leaders, you can, you can understand this for your journey, but you can also see this as something that you can impart with others and take others along the journey with you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. Praise the Lord. So number one, Christ turned followers and leaders by trusting his followers, even before they were trustworthy, and that allowed them to rise to the occasion. And number two, and this was, um, this was key, Christ saw every follower as a potential leader. Turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 16. With this principle right here is life-changing when you really grasp this concept. Luke 18, 16. Notice what Christ said. Who would like to read this for us? Luke 18, 16. Okay. Thank you. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. So Christ was looking at this little child, and he's saying, and he put this in front of everyone, he's like, or, or he's, he's saying, yes, allow them to come to me. Such is the kingdom of God. When, when This is beautiful, because in the children that were brought in contact with Christ, Jesus didn't see the children 
as they were, Jesus looked at the children and saw men and women who should be heirs of his grace and subjects to his kingdom. He saw some of them who would be martyrs for his cause. He saw these children who would be preachers of righteousness. And he saw in others not who they were, but who they could become. The infinite potential that they had in Christ Jesus. Um, and that is an incredible thing that what we need to train our minds to do. And this happens not when you arrive, but as you are arriving. Is It's a journey and a process that we're committing to, not really a destination. But we are training our mind to see the potential in other individuals and everyone the followers that we come in contact with, and many times we as leaders have to see the potential in others before they see it in themselves. And whether they become a leader or not largely depends on how you speak to them. Are you going to speak faith before they have faith for themselves? Are you going to see that potential? And when you realize, when when we realize this principle, it is, it's incredible. Um, there, there's no limits to what could be accomplished. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <coughs> kind of like we ha- we have faith for like you know you can have faith for someone else. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that. Yeah, I, re- I remember when I was first getting started. Um, I had a leader who was saying, "I'll have faith for you until that you can um, have faith for yourself." And I was like, "Wow, this guy has so much faith that I can do this." And like he clearly understands a lot more than I do on this subject, and he's like, and I'm like, wow, he believes I can do that. Well, then, like I was able to rely a little bit on his belief that Christ can do that through me, and it kind of got me through at the beginning until I was able to have that faith in in Christ to do that through me too. And so that's that was a good springboard, and we can do that for others. It's like um, developing leaders is kind of like um, giving birth. When you look at the gospel, I have begotten thee through the gospel, Paul said to Timothy. So as leaders, they're kind of like spiritual babies. Mm-hmm. Spiritual babies that you're training, you're equipping, you're forming character, you're helping them. Uh, to, to uh, You're partnering with Christ in forming the character and helping them to see their calling and their potential in Jesus. And you're, you're aiding them in the direction that God is is leading them to go and you're teaching them how to draw closer to Christ and how to cultivate that influence so that they can do the world good. So babies, when they first get started, they can't walk on their own. They're, they're dependent on you to carry them. You're, they're dependent upon you. They can't eat themselves. They can't feed themselves. So you have to spoon feed them. Um, and a lot of times when it comes to leadership and influence and with your team, sometimes you have to, uh, like, Bread. The words in the Bible are symbolized as food. Mm-hmm. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So like the leadership training, and I see your hands, the words that we say, uh, or the, the words that we hear about leadership and um, developing, sometimes we have to be the, the only source or at first in their journey to speak faith to others so that they can, they can grow and be nourished but the goal as a leader is to help them to become increasingly less dependent upon you so that they can be turned around and sent out as missionaries to influence the world for Christ. Yes? And that's so important because if you don't feed a baby, 
baby dies. Yeah. If you don't feed a person, you know, who doesn't believe or have that baby, yeah. they, they'll die too. Their leadership potential can die because they were not nourished by the leaders who they were in their sphere of influence of. And the sad reality, or the solemn reality is that rarely do followers rise higher above their leaders. And you are going to be the limits to the growth and the developments of those around you um, unless you can connect and point people to Jesus and help them to see Christ as the ultimate example in all things so that there is no limit to what they can become as they follow Christ. I really love that promise in uh, Psalms 119 and verse 99. Psalms 119 verse 99. Notice what it says. It's so powerful. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Why? For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. So in the context of this conversation, the Bible is revealing that it is rare that the followers rise higher above their leaders, but the times that they do is because they are beholding Christ and they are studying for themselves the testimonies of God's Word, the greatest leadership book that has ever been written. And when you study this for yourself in light, in the context of leadership, then you can soar higher above uh, the leaders and mentors that you have in your life. They don't have to be a limit to you. you. God puts before you a path of infinite potential. I'm sorry, Enoch, what scripture was that again? That was Psalms 119, Daniel? Psalms 119 verse 99 through 100. Uh, so Psalms 100? No, Psalms 119 verse 99. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. So the third thing that Christ did that turned uh, followers to leaders is uh, is his example. Truth be told, any leader can be, I mean, sorry, any follower can become a leader if they choose to develop the skill of influence. It is a choice it is a commitment. It is not something dependent on a position or a title. Every one of us have influence, whether you're a man, woman, or a child. No matter what phase of life you are, no matter what age you are, leadership is the skill of influence. And you can choose to set a, a Christ-like example. And to many people, you are the closest thing that people have to Christ in their life. What is the most powerful tool in the leader's hand so that he, uh, for, for leadership and for influencing others? It's like one of your favorite verses. Testament. Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, 11. What's one of the most powerful tools in the leader's hand to influence others? Testament. 
Revelation 12, 11 says, would you like to read it, Mom? Don't you have it memorized? Well, I don't want to mess it up. Well, you can finish a sentence. And they overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what? Their testimony. Can you say it louder? Their testimony. And they love not on, they love not their lives into death. Yes. testimony. Yeah. So testimonies. The two most powerful words any leader can say is, follow me. And when people are, and Jesus, is that not how he developed, like the greatest leaders that Christ has developed, those 12 apostles, the ones who would lead out in the church, lead out in the, the, new, uh, the new establishment, the New Testament church that he was establishing, all of them, he went to them and he said, come, follow me, come, follow me, as follow my example, come observe what I do, observe not just what I say, but what I do. Actions speak a lot of the words, that whole cliche. But um, the, the truth is, the speed of the leader will be the speed of the pack. So the degree that you want your team to go, you must go. You have to recognize that there was a, there's a really sobering um, realization that someone shared with me is that often your team, whoever they are, they will do 20% of what you do and they'll do a hundred percent of what you don't do the problem in a lot of organizations is when we're creating rules and policies and procedures and expectations that don't apply to the leaders that when we're expecting other people to do things and we're not willing to do that then uh, it is then people are like there's no buy-in there's not people who are committed to want to participate in that um, and it's it's like for instance too like let's say you got a small group and you're wanting to in involve people and invite people to your small group you have to be consistent and if you're not showing up why would your contact show up mm -hmm. you're inviting people hey come check out this this uh, Bible study come join I want you to introduce my friends and you're not there do you think they're gonna want to come no, they'll, they're going to do 100% of what you don't do. If you don't show up, they won't show up. Those in your sphere of influence. And if you do show up, that doesn't mean that they're going to do 100% of all that you do. They're going to show up, maybe like 20% of the people who you invite are going to attend. So if you want to, uh, if you want your team, if you want those in your sphere of influence to do more, to be more, to experience more, to impact more, then you have to be more. You have to impact more. You have to, to be more. And uh, again, we are going to be the lid to a lot of the growth of the people around us. So it's our example of the people. This is the greatest educator. So it's really hard. Like in teaching concepts or ideas or um, it, theories, uh, it, it's really hard to conceptualize those and put them into practice, but when they see your example, when they see your life, when they see your interaction with other people, then they begin to learn and they're like, oh, that's how you do it. Then they can start to repeat. That's when you see duplication that's taking place, that other people are... Um, following in that footsteps and they're, they're doing the, 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 uh, what needs to be done to make a greater impact on others. So if we want to be wise leaders, who should we spend our time with? 
Proverbs 13.20. If we want to be wise leaders, who should we spend our time with? Proverbs 13.20. Can I get a volunteer to read this for us? Thanks, Cameron. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if we want to be wise leaders, who should we spend our time with? Wise leaders. Wise leaders. You are the average of the top five voices that you hear the most. Think about that. Spend time with people who have the results that you want. The success of all leaders is dependent by is determined by the leaders that he is surrounded with so surround yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you a lot of times when people are trying to come to Christ they want to they want to they, they want to put away an old life of sin they want to put away old bad habits that influences, like when I gave my heart to Christ, I was praying to God and saying, Lord, what must I do to have a relationship with you? He told me two things. You gotta quit playing video games and you gotta change your friends. And I was like, what? Because the friends for me, like that was my family. That was like, my family at home was broken and, and we weren't very close, so I wasn't really close to any of them. But my friends, it's like, those were my, those were my people. Like I, I had a connection uh, community with them that I didn't have with others, but God's like, yeah, these are the friends that are getting you, that are inviting you to go to college parties to get drunk, to smoke weed, and to, to do these different things. And and then it's like, but it's like there's that connection, and God's like, I want to connect you to the true source of love and community. I want to give you something so much better than you can imagine. And at that time, I, uh, I, I just see that, like, had I continue to, to hang out and be around and surround myself with those friends, I would be going back and be an average of the people that I, the top five voices that I hear the most. So a lot of times what people have to do in this leadership journey, they have to um, audit their friends. They have to, to show up. It's good. I, I see that you who are here at this leadership table, you are showing yourself as you raise your hand saying like I am here committing to my leadership growth I want to be the leader that God has called me to be and I am choosing to surround myself with people that are going in a similar direction that I am so you're you're making that effort to have the example of others who are going in the same direction as you something that's really powerful about this this example is Paul he could he encouraged people follow me as I follow Christ. So my question is, does God want us to have followers? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where is that verse, follow me as I follow Christ? Just look for it. You have a... Yeah, I was trying to. Just type in follow, follow me, and um, Christ. But uh, you should probably mute your, your computer as you do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be some good assignment. Maybe when you find that, you can share it with us. The, the thing, yes, Christ wants us to have followers. Because really what that is, 
is a follower is someone who follows your example, who sees what you do, and uh, that's why it's so important that we live at higher standards. We raise our standards, the high calling that we have in Christ, because our purpose in life is to reflect the character of Christ. We don't want people to follow us as individuals. They, we want people to follow Christ, who is represented through us. Amen. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that will be the desire of nations, that will draw people. Um, as we are lifting up Christ, we want it, then, then people are drawn to Him. We want it to be that when people come in contact with Christian leaders, they don't come in contact with men. They come in contact with the man, Christ Jesus. So the more friends you have, the more influence you have, the more relationships you build, the more connections you have on social media, the more people are being drawn to Jesus because that's what they see. They don't no longer see you when your life is hitting Christ and God. They're seeing Christ through your example. There is no, there is no argument in, more in favor in the gospel truth than a cheerful and lovable Christian. And that's what we get to be. Uh, and it's really interesting that the button for Instagram and Twitter is the word follow. It's interesting how the button for on Facebook where you, you can add people's friends but right next to that is the follow button. On pages you follow. So all throughout social media it is it's, it, it's dealing with influence. It's following. It's examples. So the more friends and followers that you have on social media, subscribers, the more people as you look at social media, you want to ask, am I posting, am I using this as a platform uh, that is posting content or messages or testimonies that is pointing people to Jesus? Is, am, I, am I posting content that is adding value to people, that is drawing them closer to eternity, that is helping them? We want to, uh, we, we want to make sure that when people follow us on social media, they are really coming in contact with Christ. Amen. But this is how we can... Uh, social media is such an amazing platform to share your testimony, to document your experience, and to share with people what you're going through as you're going through it. Not waiting till you arrive, but as you're arriving, you're building, um, then there, it's just a tremendous opportunity to, to serve the Lord, and it's something that all of us are able to do. So, number four... Uh, a fourth way that Jesus turned followers into leaders was he taught them how to be servants. And um, we see we see the example in like Mark nine when uh, when the disciples were. Uh, when the disciples were striving and arguing about who's going to be the greatest or who is the greatest, they're like, I'm better than you. And it's like, I want to be on the right hand of Christ. I want to be on his left. Like they were, they were just striving for position in this earthly kingdom that they thought the Messiah was going to bring in because they misunderstood the prophecies. This whole, uh, when you look at like true and false leadership, worldly leadership is based on, on a, a competition who is greater than others but Christ uh, Christ's leadership is and really true leadership is based on service it's based on how can I help you Jesus said in, in Mark 9 35 
when he called the twelve, he said, if any man desire to be first, if you want to be the greatest leader, the same shall be last of all and servants of all. Mm-hmm. And he was showing that the true path to greatness is in the service of many. It's powerful. Uh, it was once said that uh, you can have anything that you want in life if you help enough people to get what they want in life. So as leaders, we're solving problems. Leaders solve problems. Leaders serve others. Leaders bring solutions. Leaders are, are there to see how can I help? What can I do to participate? What can I do to help? And you said you, you found yeah. some verses. Would you like to share uh, probably one that stood out to you the most? Yeah, well, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. 1 Corinthians what? 11 verse 1. Thank you. Yes. So it's very clear that um, it, it's amazing because that's one of the objections that people have too. Is like, well, I don't want people to follow me. Well, yeah. it, what you're saying, or it's like, like post on social media, I want people to look at me. I want people to see me. I want people to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who, who, who needs to know that? Who cares what I'm doing? And the, the fact is, is like, look, if, if you... It's not about people knowing who you are and what you're doing. It's about knowing what Christ is doing through you. What you're really saying is you don't want people to see Christ through you. You don't want people you're afraid of see, of of people coming in contact with Christ. If you are not living in harmony with what Christ um, his message is, his purpose for your life, you're not reflecting his or if you are reflecting his character then why wouldn't you want others to come in contact with you? Why wouldn't you want others to follow your example if you're setting an example worth following? And that can only be done as we connect ourselves with Christ, as we strengthen our relationship with Jesus day by day. And as, like remember the woman at the well? The woman at the well came in contact with Christ for a brief moment, and that was enough. She dropped her water pots and straight away went to the city and said, Come! Come meet this man. He told me all things that I ever knew. Is he not the Christ? What was she doing? The moment that she came in contact with the Savior, there was born in her a desire to make known Jesus to others through her influence. She became a leader. She started as... Did she arrive? No. She had like six six husbands. A man that he was with, she was with now was not really her husband. And she was looking for love in all the wrong places. She probably didn't understand a huge all the prophecies relating to Jesus, I mean, relating to the Messiah, but she could share what she knew. And she immediately went forth, and as she is coming closer to Christ, she's bringing others to Him as well. She immediately started using her influence. It's unnatural not to testify of what God is doing through you as He's doing it. It is unnatural to think, I have to wait till I'm perfect, until I have achieved this level of leadership or this greatness before I can start sharing with others how to do what God is leading us to do. Yes? All those are selfishness because you're thinking of yourself and not Christ. That's right. It's really powerful. So really, the more friends that we have, the more, more service that we can do for others. And the greater the servant, the greater the leader. 
God wants us to be, and this is a, a mind shift because a lot of people are thinking, well, I'm not a leader, I'm a server. I'm a servant, I'm not a leader. I like, I like to help people. But truly the greatest way that we can help others is through service. Yeah, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Yes. But yet he was the greatest leader of all. You're going to have to speak louder because yeah, sorry. there's other people here too. It says, uh, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Um, and although Christ was a servant and a minister, he was still the greatest of all leaders. Yeah, he was. I mean, the Bible is the number one uh, best-selling book throughout human history. It sold more copies than any other book by far. And that is, but that's influence. That was Jesus' influence on the world. And it was predicated on Jesus' ability to turn followers into leaders. Because anyone who has a desire to share Christ with others or to be a missionary or to win souls for Jesus, instantly all evangelists, all missionaries are leaders because it's using our influence to lead others to Christ. And that was that was his whole mission here. He was to equip us and help us. So we're just, I, I really encourage you to study and to go through and, and to examine how did Christ turn followers and leaders because you'll get an understanding of what is to be your path of infinite development and your potential and it helps you to share with others things that will help them along their journey. So number five. Christ, followers, excuse me, Christ leaders were simply followers who were disciples. When you look, it's actually quite amazing. Uh, Christ developed leaders through a process called discipleship, or it's kind of like apprenticeship. It's in the practical context of life. It wasn't, he didn't teach it like in a classroom. He, he gave people opportunities and come follow me and they went throughout life. And as he came in contact with others, he shared with them. He pulled aside his disciples and he shared with them what worked, what didn't work, why he, why he spoke in parables. I mean, to the multitude he spoke in parables, but to, to his disciples, he spoke to them plainly. Um, and when you look, uh, what's, what's very interesting is like every great leader were, um, had a mentor. Even the most talented of leaders they were mentored by other people who were able to share with them on, on different areas. So um, you look at Ruth was mentored by Naomi. Saul was mentored by uh, Gamaliel, and who later became Paul. But Paul was mentored by Barnabas as he introduced him to the Christian church. Timothy was mentored by Paul. Titus was mentored by Paul. Elisha men was mentored by Elijah. And the twelve were mentored by Jesus himself. And Adam was mentored. Yeah, Adam was mentored straight from the hand of God. And that communion and contact that they had. Every great leader. So even before Adam, sin, um, we needed a mentor. Yeah, even before sin. Because, because leadership is service. It is selflessness. Leadership is love. Leadership is giving to others opportunities you wish you had. It is helping others to go go further faster. Um, 
So when we look at this, is we have to recognize um, what is what is a disciple? What does that mean to be a disciple? Follower. Follower. Okay. Taught. Taught. Yes. Um, and who teaches? What do you call that person that teaches? The leader. The mentor. Um, the master. What do you call <laughs> a t someone who teaches? A teacher. Teacher. And what do you call the people that they, they teach? The student. The student. So a disciple, when, a you, when you look at the Webster's 1820 dictionary, even the original language, disciple literally means student. It's one of them. Yeah, it means follower, but every follower is a student, and a disciple is a student. So we have to kind of shift our mentality uh, and recognizing that, uh, like along that lines of in leadership, it's like giving birth, it's beginning new newborns. Uh, Jesus said, "Marvel not that you must be born again." In leadership, a lot of the things what we're doing is we're we're learning lessons of love, we're learning lessons of the heavenly kingdom, heavenly principles. There's something totally different about our calling as leaders in Christ that it we have to unlearn a lot of things we thought we knew, and we're gonna have to be as a child, be as a newborn. To re-educate ourselves of what does it mean to lead others. And God's plan and purpose is in my potential through Christ and His plan of redemption. So we have to become students in the school of Christ. And as students, He calls us to be tutors to our fellow peers and students who are in the same school of Christ. So we have to see not only does God want us to have followers, God wants us to have students. Do we need a classroom to be a student? Mm-mm. I like to say that life is learning, and as we're learning throughout life, this is the greatest class that we can have. Look at the classroom as the experiences, the conflicts, the trials, the mistakes. That these are times where people need someone who can give them clarity in their confusion. And what you're doing is you're not teaching a class, you're not teaching concepts. You're you're literally just sharing your testimony with the experience that God is giving you as you are growing in your leadership journey. Yes? No, I was just going to say that um, it's like you're being born again over and over and over because we keep learning new things and applying them to our lives and becoming new people. Okay, sure. Look at uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. Oh, this is a prayer that's very dear to my heart. Luke chapter 10, we're going to begin in verse 1 actually. Luke 10, verse 1 and 2. Would you like to read, Mom? Sure. After these things, the Lord appointed another 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Excuse me. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Did you guys catch that? What is the big problem? Is the problem that there's not as much opportunity for people to serve? No. For leaders to develop? What's there's the problem? a lot of opportunity. We're not trained. A lot of opportunity, not enough trained laborers. How did Christ... So what should we do as a result? Train people. What did, what did it say in verse 2? Go by twos. Verse 2, look. Oh, two. What does it say? 
Um, what should we do? Because pray, pray, pray. therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that Ew. he would send forth laborers. Are you praying that God would send forth leaders into his harvest? Yes. Are you praying for leaders? Are you praying for your leadership growth? Are you praying for others to develop leaders? Yes. Are you studying to understand how to develop leaders so that there could be met this great demand for leaders? That's what we're doing in the leadership training. Yeah, that's, that's why we're here. Yeah. But what about in our personal devotions and our daily uh, walk in communion with Christ? Is this, a, is this on the forefront of your minds? Our small groups want to train people. How did Jesus send forth his laborers? Two. Two by two. Two by two. So when you look at that, Jesus partnered the experienced with the inexperienced. It's like that metaphor that I gave where if you know fourth grade math, you can teach a third grader how to understand third grade math. You don't have to go to school for six years, get your master's in mathematics, and understand all the calculus and fractals and all these like large algorithms and equations before you can teach a third grader how to do third grade math. Whatever level of leadership you're at, you can teach someone who is behind um, to how to do what you've done. Yes, that is why. So this, this discipleship is answering the prayer of Christ. Do you realize that when you take people under your arm, that you're actually answering the prayer that more laborers would be sent forth to enter into his harvest? When you give them feedback, when you give them um, constructive um, feedback and suggestions how they can improve, when you have those difficult conversations that lets them know, it's like, hey, what you're doing is really good. Let me show you how you can do it even better. Or I recognize when you listen, you relate, you tell stories, and you hear what their challenge is, you hear their struggle, you hear the need, and then you relate with their, their challenges, and you're, you're saying, like, you know, I, I've been there. I've, I've gone through that. I know, I understand the pain that you're experiencing. This is what I found that helped me to overcome here, and this might be of service to you. When you're posting that on social media, when you're, posting, when you're having those conversations with people you're working with, you're, you're discipling others and answering the prayer of Christ. Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. So we have, I would really encourage us to be thinking, success is not success without a successor. And what does that mean? Who are you, who are you training to replace yourself? Who are you equipping to do what you've done? Because the best leadership and the best, like, Imagine if Jesus did all of his work and his ministry, he died on the cross, and then he left without sending a replacement. How different would this world's history be? Amen. It wouldn't be the same. Christ recognized that he needed a successor, whether it would be through his spirit that he could be uh, with his, his people. He poured out his spirit that was his representative, and he, he gave the world you, he gave the world me, that we would be representatives of Jesus, replacements of Him in this world. We don't physically get to see Jesus in the crowds and go up and touch Him and be healed, but Jesus has given the world you, so that when they come in contact with you, they can see Christ. 
And when they are touched by you, they are touched by Christ. And in order to touch others, we must be touched. In order to influence others, we must be influenced. In order to persuade others, we must be persuaded. Yes? I was just thinking, you know, when people, um, they have a business, and then, um, you know, they have children, and they want to train the children to take over the business when they die. And then when children are interested in that, that business just, like, dies out. It does die out. Yeah. Or, or sometimes the children who aren't interested, they inherit it anyway, and they just, like, spend it out. Like the prodigal son, they just, just run it to the ground. Yes. So you have to think about that <clears throat> in terms of, like, it could be on a family level, like your, your family name, your last name, or, like, you're raising children who are going to be representatives of your family and replacements of your communication of your family to the world, whether it's on a, on a um, organizational level, like, who are you training, whether it's on a team, who are you training to replace yourself? That's why in the small groups, we go by twos. We have, who's the leader, and you have an assistant leader. And that assistant is being trained to replace them so that they, the small groups can get to 10 to 12 and they split. And then now they're leading and training others. There needs to be a system of discipling. There is there's a simple model of discipling that Christ has given us that will duplicate more leaders. But if we make the team dependent on us, make the organization dependent on our skills, our abilities, our background, talents, and understanding, then we're not going to see duplication in this world. We're not going to be able to have as great of a reach. We will always be, our leadership ability will always be the lid, the limit to the growth of those around us and the growth of our team, the growth of our family, the growth of our organization will depend on your level of leadership. So God wants us to turn around and disciple others. Mm -hmm. that, that's how Christ turned followers into leaders. Another way uh, that Christ turned followers into leaders, and we're probably going to look at seven today, and we'll, we'll close here. There's, there's 27, but uh, we'll just look at seven. And uh, Jesus turned followers into leaders through the use of parables. This is, this is amazing. When you look at... Um, when you look at Matthew 13, the, the scripture says that Christ, when speaking to the multitude and the public, says, without a parable, spake he nothing to them. Jesus always used parables. And a parable, what is a parable? It's a story. It's a story. What else is a parable? That's absolutely right. It's a story that's like somebody understands but it's not really something they've gone through well it could be things that they go through it could be familiar associations what else is a parable a symbol a symbol yes symbols metaphors analogies illustrations these so what christ did is he connected new ideas with familiar ideas and he bridged the two understandings together it's like what Russell calls kind of like bridges, where, I, like I was saying, turning followers into leaders is kind of like making babies or developing or growing babies. 
then you understand the natural, and through the natural, the spiritual things are understood. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's kind of like multiplications. But it's multiplications kind of like adding. And if you didn't know how to add first, then it would be difficult to share what multiplication is. Yes, we, we, want, to, we want to reach people to their familiar associations. <coughs> use what they understand. Yes? I was just going to say, so often you just use the kingdom of heaven is likened unto... Yes, yes. Like leaven. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man going to... Yes. Heaven. Yeah. And, like, and in every one of those parables, Jesus was turning followers into leaders. Ten talents? His, yeah, the ten talents. The purpose of these parables was to develop leaders. The purpose of what Christ did was so that we can it can restore in man the image of God. And when you look at man, God's original intention for man, God has set Adam as with dominion over all the world. He would be the leader of this entire world. As as a, that was God's headship that was given to Adam and Eve is the mother of all. She would be the mother, still the leader of this entire planet. And you see that God's plan and His purpose, His character, it, Jesus is the monarch of the universe. There is no leader that is more influential mm -hmm. than Christ. And to become like Christ is to become as a very influential leader for good. Working on the law of love, working on the law of service, that is refusing to do uh, refusing to encourage others to do what we're not willing to do ourselves. That's it's yeah. it's amazing. It's not like do as I do, do as I say and not as I do. Yeah, exactly. It's not like that. It's just do what I've done. So, the, uh, in speaking in parables, it's, it's really important as you're speaking and sharing new concepts with others to become acquainted with the strengths and the weaknesses, the backgrounds of the different people that you're speaking to. Under, like, really listen to see where are they coming from, what do they know that I can share with them the new concepts. Like when I was learning about uh, mechanics, there is a the mechanic who taught me for six months in the mechanic shop he was like computer engineer and a mechanic. Those were his two majors that were blended together. He knew that I understood computers. So as he explained to me how an engine worked, he explained to me in terms of the different parts of a computer with the RAM and the processor and, the, and all, all the different parts. And he was making these connections. And I was like, oh, that, that made understanding a car engine so much easier when he used the parables. You can do that with a body too. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but depending on who you're talking to, will determine the bridges, the mm -hmm. the bridges that you use. Kind of like bridges. So this is a skill that, when you do that, it'll help people. Because leadership is not as much what you do; it's how you think. It's a belief. It's a decision. It's a mentality. And so, if you want to change people's minds, you need to have a tool like a kind of like bridge. That this new concept is kind of like this previously understood concept, this familiar association. And um, another, number seven, um, another way that Jesus turns followers of leaders is by um, 
teaching them to uh, anticipate the future. Or I'll say, um, he, he set expectations. There's a lot of, um, I've heard it once said before that all upset is because of unmet expectations. When two people are expecting certain things and there's a gap between what's expected and what actually takes place, that's when people start getting upset. That's when people start getting hurt or confused or they start to distrust or, or uh, filling that gap with, with, we have a choice of trust or uh, distrust. But Jesus set these expectations when he, when he was calling the twelve to be leaders in this world and representatives of him, what did he say? He said, you're going to be, you're going to be persecuted. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they rejected me, they're going to reject you. His servant's not greater than his master. And he, he set the expectation and let them know what to expect. He told them what the journey would be like so that when it happened, like we, we can go to John 14, 29. John 14, 29. Jesus gives us promise and he shows us. Remember, leadership is not about as much as what you do as what you believe. And how did Christ develop that belief? John 14, 29. Who, you read it, Kathy? Thank you. And now I have told you before it came to pass that when it has come to pass, that ye might believe. So in other words, when people are just getting started with whatever the opportunity or role or, or, or something that you're teaching them, tell them what their future is going to look like. What are the obstacles they're going to face? What are the, uh, what are the expectations you have in your relationship with them? I have expectations that I, that I set with people who I, who I mentor with. That I come into an agreement with one another. It's written expectations. There is, um, let people know the, the challenges that they can face. Because a lot of times people try to cast this vision of this smooth, this clear, plain path, and it's so nice to walk down, and that there's like going to be no problems, no challenges along this journey. It's so easy, right? And then when they get there, they meet with challenge and difficulty and obstacle. And then they get discouraged and then they, they, they want to quit. They're like, this isn't for me because I make this mistake because I find this difficulty. That means I can't be a leader. I will always be a follower. I am a follower. I always have been a follower. And I should just stay being a follower. I should just give up on this leadership path. But you, as a leader, have to often be setting expectations, often be communicating what the future holds. And letting them know there's going to be challenges. These are the challenges you'll likely face, and you need to be ready. How are you going to meet these? There's going to be distractions as you're trying to commune with God and spend time with Him. But you need to make the decision now. You need to be intentional and anticipate these future distractions. And, and have a plan to, um, to, to handle and to meet these, these challenges. So... Um, by setting proper expectations, Christ was able to turn followers into leaders. Mm -hmm. These are just seven of the 27 ways that through studying was understanding how Christ turned followers into leaders. I realized um, 
several months ago that the limit that we have to our impact, who we want to reach, like you're here because you want to reach the world. You want to tell others of a crucified, risen, and soon coming Savior. You want others to be able to experience this great joy and this peace and this love that you have found in Christ. You want the world to know, is that true? Mm -hmm. Amen. And our ability to do that, to be able to accomplish whatever the dream or the vision is that God has put on your heart, in your mind to do, the calling that God has in your life, is going to require you to become more than you are today. It's going to require you to grow. It's going to require you to develop and to do differently than what you have been in the past. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You see where you are and you see where you want to be and in order to close that gap you have to change what you're doing. And I, I personally believe that developing the skill of leadership is the number one greatest skill that we can develop, that we can understand, that we can cultivate, because it will help you to maximize resources and to leverage uh, what you don't have and leverage what others have and be able to work together and accomplish far more than we ever could apart. So as you can, I want to encourage you to commit to this journey, to see that it's like not only is God on taking me on this path of being going from a follower to a leader, but he's, he is calling me to come higher. Maybe before now you've seen that it, uh, you, haven't, you, you didn't see that God is calling you to develop leaders. You didn't see that God was calling you to turn followers into leaders because maybe you were thinking that you already were, you were just a follower and that's what you need to focus on yourself right now. But by God's grace you see that your best leaders, they shift the focus from themselves mm -hmm. and they start looking towards others mm -hmm. and seeing how can I help others to become a leader. And when you start shifting like that, then your motive changes and you start to come from a heart of service and love. And God, I really believe that He has great plans for each of you. And we, these plans often won't be fulfilled unless we step into our calling and choose to live the calling that God has given to mm -hmm. us. So if that's your desire um, to be all that God has called you to be in Christ Jesus, then I invite you to close with me for a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you very much for this privilege that we have to come together. We see our great need. We see the potential that is put before us this path of infinite development in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray that we will no longer be a hindrance to those around us because of our uh, limitations, our limiting beliefs, our limiting um, uh, levels of leadership. Help us to grow. Help us to cultivate this talent for Christ that we can draw others closer to a Savior. And Lord, I pray that you'll give each one of us what we need. Oftentimes, we don't have words to describe, but we pray that our great need can be discerned and that you can uh, hear the longing of our hearts and that you can help us to give us exactly what we need. In your infinite wisdom, we give you permission to work in our lives in a manner that we otherwise, you otherwise wouldn't have the ability to had we not uh, asked for it. We thank you for each other. We thank you for this leadership table. We pray for your guidance, your direction. Pray in Jesus' precious name.
Amen. And for those that are watching live, I want to uh, thank you so much for watching. And if you enjoyed this, hit like to the video below and tag someone down in the comments um, who you think could, could benefit from this. I would really, I'm, I'm trying my best to make these to be relevant, just in time trainings for the journey that you have. So I encourage you that in the description, we're, we're going to have an ask uh, campaign. It's asking you, what is your number one biggest challenge that you're currently facing in your leadership journey? I'd love to hear from you what that challenge is so that we can, uh, you, you can give me feedback of what are some things that we can cover to help you along this journey so it could be the most relevant to you and your experience. You can let me know in the comments below. You can click the link to make sure that I'll get it. And um, as always, subscribe for more videos like this. Um, as we'll do this leadership journey, you can come join us live on Discord at thearmyofyouth.com forward slash Discord. And as you're going through this, I want you to think, what can you act upon? A-C-T. And this is an acronym. It stands for what can you apply, what can you change, and what can you teach to others as a result of what we learned today. I'd love to hear from you. Um, in the comments, thank you so much for watching. And remember, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call.